reach for the sky, boy. Rolex work. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of DTF Does Sports. I'm your host, Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter, at EricBrown740. You, of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. With me, as always, he's the good Tennessee volunteer. He's the leader of Big Blue Nation. My man, Barry Frost. Barry, how you doing, homie? Doing well. And I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, on Valentine's Day... We busted Kentucky's ass for them. Okay. Okay. They didn't want no smoke. Isn't Kentucky down this year? They Everybody can buy players this year. So not everybody wants to go to Kentucky now. So they're suffering. They're suffering the consequences. And my Buckeyes, man. I don't know the whole landscape of college basketball. I'm not the biggest, biggest college basketball head, but I do watch the Buckeyes. Love what they do. Uh, EJ Liddell, a really good player. I think Holtman's got the uh, program going the right direction. Number four team in the country right now, and they're prime seat for a uh, number one seat in the, in the tournament. So that's, you know, they haven't had a, and Michigan's been off for a while too. So I think when they have a a, a Big Ten tournament, I think those teams are going to collide. But that's, you know, Big Ten is a solid in college basketball. I've, I've been saying that. Uh, they're a little overrated, but uh, Ohio State, <laughs> they'll never have Michael Red and Scooney Penn. Again, you know. Oh, I know. Barry, we have a lot to talk about. That's what they say. You know, this is the first episode we have after the NFL season. So, you know, us being so football-centric, didn't really know how it was going to go. And, man, I tell you what, we have news on top of news on top of news. First up, the Houston Texans released J.J. Watt. Uh, he was there for a long period of time, and, you know, they they could have sought out a trade, done all that stuff, but they they want to do right by him and let him pick where he wanted to go. And you know, there's I guarantee you, a lot of teams at least kicking the tires there. Barry, your thoughts? Yeah, he even uh, made a tweet said that uh, free agency is wild. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he's getting crazy, uh, you know, crazy contacts and things like that. They definitely, you know. Like uh, we had talked about, there's some some uh, odds boards that went up. Mm-hmm. Your Browns are the favorites. Yeah, which is wild. And, you know, this is a, I think what's the top three is the Browns, Packers, and Steelers. So Browns are minus 150, Packers plus 500, Steelers plus 550. Oh. So, I mean, I think he lands on one of those three spots. I I think I rule out Pittsburgh because, like I said, him being the type of guy, he he loves his brothers to shine. He's a big star. I think he doesn't want to take away from anything they're doing. To TJ Watt, arguably could have been defense player of the year, arguably. Right. Right. And his brother, you know, Derek does a a great job, and I don't think he wants to take anything away from those guys. So rule out Pittsburgh. I think it comes down to the Browns Packers, you know, who has what, who's in contention. I think JJ Watt wants a ring. So okay. we'll see. I think I think it's gonna heat up here the closer we get to to the draft and the season starting. Where do you think our uh now you said top three? I'm just gonna put you on the spot. Where do you think he ends up? It's way early in the process too, by the way. It, it is. I I honestly think he he probably ends up in Green Bay. I think that's where he ends up. Just because I mean, he's a Wisconsin guy, and you know, he he wants to play. I'm sure in front of his home state fans, he'd be it'd be huge yeah. him playing there. It'd be huge. So they but, are they they do have um, a bit of cap problems just to let you know they are as far as cap space minus thirteen and a half million as of today. 
well, he might not want to go there for, you know, a minimal amount. Right. But, again, like I said, the Browns have a solid team. I think he would fit in well there. And I'll let you, I mean, you know the Browns team better than I do. So, you discuss the, how the landscape would change if the Browns signed JJ, a player like J.J. Watt. Well, it would be huge. You know, you have Miles Garrett on one side, then J.J. Watt either the outside. You can also play him in, in the interior. It would be enormous for our defensive line. Uh, we also The Browns also have almost $30 million in cap space, so they could afford to pay him. There's talks of bringing in Marshawn Lattimore. The, the defense is going to get revamped, and I think bringing in a guy like J.J. Watt, who was the most double-teamed player in the NFL last year, to play with Miles Garrett, who was the third most double-team player in the NFL last year, I think would create problems. I think that would be an amazing defense. It would be a good start. And a, a veteran presence in the clubhouse and a guy who – say what you want about the Browns. And I know I'm, this is, I'm a homer. I'm a diehard Browns fan, this and that and the other. I don't think this is 2010 anymore. I think the Browns are legit. They have stability in the front office. They finally have it at the quarterback position, they believe. you know, And they have a young stud on the defensive line. Those are all things that a veteran player, and they made the playoffs last year. They were 11-5 and five and got a playoff win and advanced the divisional round. So that's a young team on the rise, and as a veteran player, I mean, he can he can kind of, if he wants to, can have his cake and eat it too as far as, you know, getting, a, getting a, another payday. Not a huge one, you know, obviously, but he's going to – his value isn't what it was. But, I mean, he can get paid and play on a, on a stable franchise. I know it sounds kind of crazy playing about the Browns. Talking about the Browns, but I think he would be an excellent, excellent fit there. Uh, the weather wouldn't be an issue. He's a Wisconsin boy. I think the now, like you said, not wanting to go to Pittsburgh, take shine off his brothers. I do think that he would enjoy competing against the team that his brothers played for twice a year. I think there's uh, there's that aspect, you know, that probably a little, maybe a little, maybe he feels a certain type of way about T.J. Watt possibly being Defensive Player of the Year last year. You know, he wants to be the best Watt. Again, that's all speculative. That's just me talking on my ass a little bit. But I, I think it makes a ton of sense. I wouldn't blame him one bit if he went to Tampa and ring chased. Uh, they now, have a lot of. Go I, ahead, did, I didn't, didn't mean to cut you off there. Do, do the Browns still have Olivier Vernon, or did they? He'll probably be gone. Uh, okay, because I was going to say you have Olivier Vernon and Watt on the ends, and then Miles Garrett coming behind that. That's 2,000 Ravens-ish shit right there. Yeah. Where Miles I mean, Garrett it, plays free like Ray Lewis did, that's nasty when you think well, about o, it. Well, OV's going to be coming off a uh, Achilles tear as well. Yep. So there's that. Uh, Sheldon, Sheldon Richardson's on the, D, on the team, though. The Browns have the bulk up at linebacker. I don't know what J.J. Watt's timetable is, but I think he definitely has time to sit back and – see what teams do this offseason. And I think if the Browns play it well, they draft well, they make a move, there's the talk of Marshawn Lattimore coming in. If those kind of things happen, that's going to be a lot more attractive to him. You know, if he knows that him and Miles Garrett get to the quarterback, and if they don't, he's got, you know, Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit, Denzel Ward, and Marshawn Lattimore behind him, that's, that's, that, that could be an attractive place. And Marshawn Lattimore will be coming in on a rookie deal as well. And he's from Cleveland. So I think that the Browns can go a long way with adding the postseason or this offseason. I think J.J. Watt makes a lot of sense. And there's talks that from Mary Kay Cabot, so take that with whatever grain of salt you want to, Cleveland beat writer, saying that he has uh, he's strongly considering the Browns. I find that a little hard to believe because we're so early in the process. And I think that whenever J.J. Watt tweeted that out today, that was the first thing I thought. And he's like, how the fuck does anybody know what I'm doing? I, just, I literally just got cut. Like, I literally, you know what I mean? Like, I literally just got cut, probably took a vacation with the wife. Right, exactly. You know, so I, I, I take that with you. It was fun to read, don't get me wrong. And I think it affected Vegas odds. But uh, Yeah, well, it was what, uh, was it minus 500 or minus one? It, it was pretty low. I mean, the, the odds were. Like, they were the odds minus, on It was favorites. minus 500. It was minus 500 for the Browns, and everybody else was plus. Yeah. I think that uh, – let me see their cap space situation. Well, not like Kansas the, uh, City is – Kansas City is $18 million over the cap. But I think he would also make a ton of sense there. 
They need defense. Put him with Chris Jones, that's scary. Yeah. So I I mean, you know, again, if he's ring chasing, it makes a lot of sense. So but anyway, it's exciting to talk about. It's exciting to, to, to think about. Like, you know, the Browns are actually in con- consideration for this. Is it's it shows how far the Browns have come in a short time. I agree with that. So, a little bit of news came out a little bit ago before we started recording. We actually recorded this shit last night, but technical difficulties. We're redoing it tonight. So this is take two, but I'm cool with that. You know, I'm just kidding. Last night, a bit of rehearsal. That's right. Deal. But there was a bit of news came out where the Steelers GM had a press conference to which he said that basically as of today, Ben Roethlisberger is on the team, but they weren't really committing a whole lot there. Uh, Barry, I said someone on Internet, I just blew. I just basically just tore them apart because I told them that I think that Ben would be doing the Steelers a disservice by coming back. I was not a troll on the Steelers at all. To me, it's just from the outside looking in like, the guy couldn't throw the ball down the field. He sputtered down the stretch. They lost five of their last six. And they got their cheeks clapped in the playoff game. Corvette, Corvette. So, to me, I think with the quarterback market being what it is this offseason, I don't know if you want to miss out on one of these guys because I don't know if it's going to look the same next offseason. Uh, your thoughts? Well, one, I didn't know Big Dennis was on Twitter. Yeah. No, it's not, it, it wasn't my dad. <laughs> my dad actually is a Steelers fan, diehard, and he wants them to move on from Ben. So, yeah, you upset a young man. Yeah. You know, a fragile, he's fragile right now in a fragile state. They're not used to losing. Uh, The Steelers, you know, like I said, a storied franchise. Absolutely. They have a lot of Super Bowls over there. A lot of pride. I love love their coach. Their coach, a hell of a coach. But again, Ben's taking a beating. I, and this and I even I uh, a Facebook memory came out from a few years ago when they were in the playoffs, and he took an absolute beating, and still got up, still, you know, battled through, and I said he might be the toughest football player in the league right now, and for me. You know, Roethlisberger always, he's durable. Even though he he gets hurt a lot, nobody takes more shots than Big Ben. And and to his credit, you know, he he comes back, he comes back, but eventually that wears you, that wears on you. And that tears you down. And And he's, he's on the downslide. That's all I'm saying. He, he probably needs to be done. But I think I told you after the loss, I think he comes back one more year, and you said the same thing then that you're saying now. So, yeah, to me, this isn't a knock on Ben. You're talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, probably underrated in his career outside of Pittsburgh. You never hear him in like the MVP talk or anything like that, but he has been consistently durable and great his entire career. Father time's undefeated, you know, and listen, the Steelers stuck by Ben when he was going through some pretty heinous things. I think that maybe he should probably pay back the franchise and step back instead of being selfish in this situation. But but is it selfish or is it that the the age old adage of I still got something left? I still can help this team. And, you know, for Ben, I think he's been a winner his whole, basically his whole life. Never had a losing season in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, so, eh, it's, you know, it's hard to say, hey, you got to go. That's what I mean. It's it's one of those things yeah. where it's like, sometimes you got to tell the fighter, you know, for his own safety. For the betterment of the team and yourself, live to fight another day. You have nothing left to prove. You're two-time Super Bowl champion. You fucking you've done it all. You've walked on the biggest stages in sports. It's it's time. But again, uh, when you're a star, it's hard to hard hard to pack up and leave. Maybe he should go talk to Philip Rivers about that. 
I don't know. Philip still has some something in that arm. Philip might come back. You know who didn't believe that? The Chargers. They didn't. You know, and, and, and who did they draft? The offensive rookie of the year. Justin Herbert. So a that's beast. that's kind of my point is, you know, it's if Ben isn't self-aware enough to move on, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers do. With that said, I do think he comes back, and I do think the Steelers, the ceiling's 500. They'd have to have some bold moves this offseason. I mean, they have no running game. They couldn't protect Ben. Ben couldn't throw the ball down the field. It's, Claypool's nice, but you can't get the ball to him. You know, Juju's probably going to leave. Deontay Johnson's a nice player, but puts the ball on the ground a lot. James Washington, a nice player, puts the ball on the ground a lot. Eric Ebron, overrated. So, to me, they're strong on defense. They have a lot of young stars on defense that they can build around. You know, Devin Bush is a great player. TJ Watt's a great player. Minka Fitzpatrick's a great player. But, to me, they have got to seriously look at the quarterback position. Because you're going to waste the prime of T.J. Watt's career. What about fucking James Connors? He's I mean, walking. He has, a, he, he's walking. Uh, he has this, a big year, all this stuff. You know, he's he's just such a, a tremendous, you know, athlete, a tremendous – he has these tremendous seasons, all these yards, and they get rid of – they let Le'Veon Bell walk, and then – or, well, whatever, suspended, and then, boom. And James Connors basically is a bomb at this point. He yeah. he just fl- fluttered out. I mean, he had a big year and then big expectations. You know, when you have big years, big expectations follow, and he fell way fucking short. Yeah, I also got a feeling that Ben was checking into his play a lot too. Yeah, well, again, we'll see what happens. I mean, if Connors can – you know, maybe strengthen up his his run game, be a little more durable. He's he was hurt a lot, so we'll see. I mean, I don't want to harp on the fucking Steelers because, like I said, they've they've won, they've been winners for a long, long time. And you know, it's hard to discredit that. It's hard to discredit Ben Roethlisberger on the field. So you can't. I mean. Again, like you said, sometimes maybe the front office has to go. You know, yeah. they might have to say it's time to go. Uh, you ready to play a little game of quarterback musical chairs? I'm always ready for a little carousel action. So what we're going to do here in the quarterback carousel, musical chairs, is we're going to give each other a team, kind of go back and forth. We're going to say what we think either will happen or needs to happen, Whatever, basically whatever we want to say about that team. And Barry, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to give you a team, and I'm going to give you the San Francisco 49ers. What's going to happen with their quarterback position? Oh, my. Uh, well, we've talked about it several times. You know, uh, I think we both, you know, we'd like to see Deshaun Watson out there. I think that would, you know, be best for them. But, unfortunately, I... I don't think they've had their fill of Jimmy G. I I think they have. I don't think they have. I think he's been hurt. I think they give him one more chance. And like I said, you have Debo Samuels. You got Brandon Ayuk. You got a nice run game. He can be protected. He just has to be smarter in his decision making. So I think they give him one more run. I think we see Jimmy G back behind center in San Francisco. All right. I like it. Your turn. All right. Well, I'm going to give you, since you brought him up, since you wanted to talk about Phillip Rivers, what about the Indianapolis Colts there, big dog? Indianapolis Colts, to me, is one of the more fascinating situations in the NFL. They have a strong defense. They have a great young running back. They have a good young wide receiver and a nice veteran wide receiver. Uh, They always have good tight ends. To me, they're a quarterback away. I thought they over. I thought they played well last year. I thought Philip Rivers let them down at times, but they are. To me, that's a fascinating situation. I, and I put this out earlier, and I talked to our good friend Sammy Evans. I said, "Sam, you're a Colts fan. I'm gonna give you a name of a quarterback, and let me tell you how you feel about them playing for your Colts." So I start off 
Sam Darnold. He said, Young, stuck in a shithole organization. Chicago may be a good fit. I'm sorry, that was the That was the Bears. I messed that up a little bit. <laughs> I apologize. I was gonna say I thought Sammy was a Bears fan, but that's okay, Sammy. Tonight you're going to be a Colts fan. No, we'll get, to the Bears. we'll get to the Bears later. Um Lots to see happen. This is from Mike Lanham. Lots I like to see happen, but very unlikely. Luck probably isn't coming out of retirement. Rodgers isn't leaving Green Bay. Wilson isn't leaving Seattle. Dak isn't leaving Dallas. This is his takes. And who knows where Watson ends up? Likely we end up two years of Wentz. We don't give up anything better than a second-round pick for him. Eagles are crazy thinking they're getting multiple first-rounders. Maybe Jacob Eason can be the future there, but he has to continue to learn before he can just be thrown in as a starter. Team is well-built to be wasting in prime years, hence my talk about the defense and the players I named. They have to get a QB1 here, and Rivers wasn't the answers. He played good, but not good enough. So I floated out Derek Carr. Yeah, I heard his name mentioned once or twice. Not too excited about it. Not a bad idea, but he'd feel like he'd be just another Band-Aid. To me, Sam Darnold makes a lot of sense, because you can probably get him cheap. If you believe that the Jets were the problem and want Sam Darnold, you know, Sam, there was a lot of people that had Sam Donald over Baker Mayfield in that draft in 2018. So I don't think, and I saw spurts out of Sam Donald on a just basically the only person he had to throw the ball to was Jamison Crowder. So I think if you protect him, I think Frank Reich believes he can get him right. Everyone keeps saying Wentz because of the relationship with Frank Reich. To me, that's. You're committing, a, you're committing a lot to Wentz when you don't quite know what you're getting because of the last couple of years. It's like Sam Darnold, you don't quite know what you're getting, but you're not committing that big financial commitment. So I like Sam Darnold with the Colts. Okay. That's an interesting take. All right. I'll go, we'll go ahead and go with you. Okay. The Carolina Panthers. Oh. Teddy Bridgewater had a good season. And most of it without Christian McCaffrey. You know, man, you know, I would like to see a Deshaun Watson end up in Carolina. I think that is very interesting. Did you see and the news have, today? No, the I rumor today. Well, the, the rumor, rumor is the Panthers are willing to trade multiple first-round picks and Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson. Ooh, see, I was well. I would try to keep McCaffrey and run, you know, because hell, him and Deshaun right there—that's a nifty little, uh, mm-hmm. nifty little fucking backfield there. But you know, Deshaun Watson is prime. He is a younger, better version of Teddy Bridgewater. I think would he would benefit uh, DJ Moore. Hmm. Fucking and, and Curtis Samuel. Yeah, he would benefit them greatly, greatly. And Robbie uh, Anderson. Yeah, good receivers there. Yeah, they have a nice little core, and I think Deshaun Watson would be a hell of a fit there. Mm-hmm. Can they get him? We'll see. Um, but if not, I you know, I I don't hate Teddy Bridgewater there, but I would like to see Deshaun Watson. I mean, in Carolina, that would be fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Well, let me give you a... Let's go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence. You don't You don't mean that. That's all. That's, that's it. Trevor Lawrence. Ain't much to talk about. Really? Mm-hmm. They're, they're just... Urban is sold on Trevor sold. Lawrence. Sold. Mm. Yeah, that's there's all, no doubt in my mind. Let me give you one. Okay. The New York Jets. I thought he was going to say Giants, and I was going to fucking be like, Danny Dimes. <laughs> no, uh, man, Jet, what a fucking mess. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, I, fuck, they just need to pray. <laughs> I think they just need to fucking pray. And say, please give us, you know, somebody. Uh, I, 
you know, Trevor Lawrence threw a big fit, you know, a la Eli, that he don't want to fuck play for the say Do you see how I did that? Yeah, he worked him in. Uh, nobody know. finessed the, Nobody ever finessed the NFL draft like Bernie Kosar did. I'm sorry. We'll talk about that one day. Bernie's fucking dad finessed fucking the yeah, NFL. Bernie's dad finessed Bernie. <laughs> he, well, he finessed Bernie and the fucking owners. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, man, Justin Fields, but I'd hate to fucking see Justin Fields wasted away in, in with the Jets. Because, like I said, I am a fucking born and bred Ohio State hater. But Justin Fields can fucking ball. And I, I would not hate him being on any of my teams that I have. So I actually like Fields in uh, Carolina. That would be nice. Well, let's do this then. Since you threw that at me, I'll give you the one that I should have had. The Dallas Cowboys. Such a like petty situation, right? <laughs> to me, there's no reason why Dak shouldn't have been paid. And the fact that they've waited this long has probably cost them more money. Um, I think Dak stays in Dallas on a franchise tag. I don't know what happens beyond that. He deserves a contract. Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's a franchise quarterback, and you can win with Dak Prescott. I'm, I've been on the Dak Prescott train for a long time. And I think it's asinine that for him to sit there and watch them pay other players and not get his money. He's the only guy I've ever seen get hurt and earn himself more money while he was hurt on a season-ending leg injury. So it's, for whatever reason, Dallas seems really hesitant to uh, commit to him where they would have already. Yeah, I don't think and that's Jerry... what I keep going back. I keep going back to that. Like, why will they not commit to him? Like they've, yeah, they had Romo for years and he was, he was second tier that's right. elite quarterback. He was a great guy. Not a guy who won a Super Bowl, did deep in the playoffs, but man, a really good all pro pro bowl quarterback year in, year out, every game in the week, every game with Tony Romo at quarterback, they had a chance to win going into the week. That's, that's all you can ask for in the NFL. It's hard to win. Before Romo, there was some – between Aikman and Romo, I don't know if Jerry Jones remembers that time <laughs> or what, but, I mean, the Quincy Carters and the, the – I can I can just go on and on and on. Um, Drew Henson, Ryan those, Leaf. Those are the Coke years. I, I can't remember who's – who was who was the, the the kid out of Stanford that got drafted and played baseball and then and fizzled out? Chad something, like Chad he was just Hinky, Hinky. No, it was a a longer last name. I can't remember it, but either way, like those that was what he was doing. It was it was retread time, and you, know, you hear Cowboys fans say, "Oh, we got all these weapons." I'm, yeah, you have good wide receivers. They're weapons. Offensive line is. Aging and deteriorating. Retiring. Schultz retiring. Schultz is an okay tight end. <laughs> I think Zeke has lost a step. And I love Ezekiel Elliott. And I, I that's kind of hard for me to say because he's like one of my favorite Ohio State players ever. And the defense is in complete shambles. So I think a question that Dak either is asking himself or will ask himself is, yo, is that the best chance for me to win? Right. When, if, he's when does, free, if he's an unrestricted free agent and he gets across from the table from Kyle Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan, it might be a wrap. When does he, as a player, go? Okay, fuck you. Like I'm not coming back. Is he already there? Dak seems like a really good kid that um, has a lot of good relationships on that team. He's a leader. I have nothing bad to say about Dak Prescott at all. I l really like him a lot. And they got a steal by getting him in the fourth round. But, you know, at the same time, when you're sitting at these negotiations and you're arguing with somebody over your worth, that that could lead to some emotions. So I, I hopefully Dak gets a chance to prosper wherever he ends up. 
I have a hard time seeing him not in a Dallas Cowboys uniform at this point in time. But a year from now, that could be a lot. I mean, I didn't ever think I'd see Tom Brady leave the Patriots. Right. Anything's possible. Anything's possible in that league. So a year from now, I could have a whole different answer. But I think 2021, he plays in Dallas on the franchise tag. Okay. All right, let me give you one. The Houston Texans. Well, see, again, they're telling people they'll trade Deshaun Watson one day. They tell people they'll keep him, they'll deny all trades the next. If they keep him, does he really set out? Does he use his leverage and set out? Can't, does Cam Newton take a little trip down south? A name we haven't talked about a lot, by the okay. way. Okay. I mean, that's what I'm here for. You know, does Cam Newton take a little trip? Because that's kind of his offense they like to run. You know, they like to run that type of uh, a deal. Mm-hmm. And David Johnson's there. He had a decent, I think he had a better season than people were expecting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think guess. people were expecting four or 500 yards. I mean, he put up, what, eight to 10 touchdowns. He had a nice little season. Yes. <clears throat> For a dude that supposedly was washed up. Deshaun did not, he doesn't have a lot. No. <laughs> he, he, he's got like Will Fuller, the fifth, you know. I mean, they have some guys down there. What was the, your favorite guy you like to play in, Fandle? Kiki Kuti? Kiki Kuti, yeah. Cheap yeah. guy. They're using those short routes a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's he doesn't have a ton to fucking work with. He led so the NFL not, in passing yards. He led the NFL in passing yards last year. But that shows you how fucking good he is. Because he wasn't being protected very well either. I mean I mean, dude, he was seventy percent completion percentage, forty eight hundred yards, thirty three touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a one twelve rating. How many times was he sacked? I can't doesn't say. Like have to yeah. go in a whole different I was Whatever just saying, time. he's the the young man can ball. Uh, I think either he stays, we could see Cam Newton there. We could see this uh, Kirk Cousins come out of Minnesota. They they're dying to get rid of that fucker after they realized what they did, and then they even signed him to an extension, and and now they're trying to get rid of him. <laughs> He he was sacked 49 times this year. That's a lot. Yeah. In 16 games. Four that's... times against the Titans. Five times against the Colts. That's Those are divisional games. Six times against the Bears. Five times again against the Colts. Five times against Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah, so he led the league and was, and was sacked 49 times. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... Somebody that goes there is going to be like, man, I'm going to take a fucking beating. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, I, I honestly, that's too hard to tell. If he stay, if he stays, does he play? Does he sit out and they have to just throw someone in there? Or like I said, maybe work something out and get Cam Newton down there. Would Bill Belichick be receptive of Deshaun Watson coming up to New England? I don't know if they have the assets, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a hell of a lot better option right now than Cam. Cam's done. You know, he's on the downside. So. New England has a shit ton of cap space. They do. 67 million. 69 million. Shit, I'm sorry. So, there's that. All right. right. Well. You give me one more, I'll do one more. All right. Let's see. Denver Broncos. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, they're going to move on from Drew Locke. Oh, okay. I think that experiment's over. <laughs> Poor Drew Locke. I mean, it's listen, dude raps Jeezy well on the sidelines. That shit's all good. I. They're moving on from Vaughn Miller. Allegedly, too. So, I mean, I I don't know what his, like, he has a situation, a lot of drama, I don't know what's going on there. 
Denver five and eleven last year. They picked ninth in the draft. I'm gonna say they draft Trey Lance. Yeah. Unless they can somehow swing a trade for one of these dudes. I don't know what their assets are, nothing like that. Their cap space is they have forty million under the there are forty million under the cap. So they're in a good spot with the cap. They could sign somebody. There's been rumblings of Deshaun Watson there. You're talking about listen, you're talking about Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon. There's pieces there. Bradley Chubb on defense. They can, they can, you can add defense, but there, there are pieces there, and whoever they recruit, entice, whatever you want to call it, at some point, most likely going to sit down with the great John Elway. Legend. Legends. Absolute. One of the greatest arms to ever breathe air, as far as football is concerned. And I'm a Browns fan. Ruined my childhood. <laughs> I st- I think they draft I think they draft Trey Lance. I want to say Deshaun Watson so bad. I think that could be fun. Denver's a really good football city, another traditionally great franchise. You know what I mean? That they, yeah. this is a storied franchise in the NFL, in my opinion. Especially once once they got Elway, that you know completely turned perception of Denver Broncos around. Eesh. I want to say Deshaun Watson so fucking bad. I think they draft Trey Lance. Okay. Worst case scenario, maybe you go after Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> band-aid it for a year, you know. So I didn't. That could be a Sam Darnold spot as well. Yeah. I think Sam Darnold is a very attractive option for a lot of these young teams who don't want to commit, but you're getting a guy who was a top five pick, just went to a dog shit situation. Yeah. And you're getting him on the cheap, on his rookie deal. So he might be worth a flyer, but I don't know. I, I'm going to say they draft somebody. Okay. I'll give you one more, and then we'll move on. Washington football team. Jesus. <laughs> well, fuck Marcus Mariota. You, apparently you they're, said apparently they're out. They, apparently they're out. They signed up for fucking mediocrity. <laughs> fucking 10 years uh, fucking 10 million dollars dude ain't took a snap since fucking uh oregon i mean well i mean he played at tennessee or whatever but quickly was found out there i mean he he had a couple you know highlight plays and all that bullshit but man i'm as a new york giants fan i am happy with what's happening in the east these motherfuckers in the front office for these other teams are terrible. And I love it. They're doing nothing to fucking add on to to really, you know, solidify the division. Because if the Cowboys can keep Dak, the Cowboys probably are front runners behind us, you know, behind my Giants. Anything could happen barring injuries. So, I mean, you're looking at a playoff spot every year until these other teams can figure it out. And, I mean, look. Six Y'all couldn't come out of the East this year. We got fucked. We got robbed in Dallas. You've seen it. It took two touchdowns off the fucking board on us. Like, one's bad enough, but two? And then you even got fucking Tony Romo going, ooh, <laughs> that was a bad call. I mean, that's bad when one of your fucking alumni is even like, ooh. But, yeah, uh, fuck, Mark's, that's terrible. I mean, it might be Dwayne Haskins in Pittsburgh. Bad. We'll see. We'll see. All right. You ready to talk a little baseball? If, you're, if you want to talk about the Padres, just tell me. I want to talk about the Padres. Okay. Okay. So, right before we started recording, they signed Fernando Tatis Jr. to a 14-year, $340 million deal. Makes him the third highest paid player in baseball history. Uh, 
signed the deal a lot younger than Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, who signed their mega deals when they were 27 years old. They're the two highest paid players. In, I, I don't know where Trevor Bauer ranks on that. He, yearly, annual, I don't know what it is. I'm talking total money, annual salary, whatever. You're talking you, – so they have locked up their 22-year-old stud shortstop who's played 143 career games to a 14-year, $340 million deal. Bury your fucking thoughts. He'll be a fucking happy 36-year-old. My goodness. Because, <laughs> I mean, fuck, by the time that contract's over, it's just, do you want to play anymore? Do you, do you want to play anymore? Do you? How many home runs does this youngster have? Like For his career? Yeah. Give me a second, I'll get all that information up for you. See, I, I, has he got 100 yet? No. So I played 143 games and he played a full season yet. Yeah, but he, fuck, you don't know. That's one every other game. <laughs> so this year in an 84-game season, he had 22 home runs, 53 RBIs. 2020, I'm sorry, that was his rookie year. 2020, yeah. he played a 59-game season, had 17 home runs, 45 RBIs. He has, he's played 143 games. Not even a full season. 600 plate appearances. He has 39 home runs, 98 RBIs, and a 301 career average. It's a 154, 154 OPS plus. Slugging plus OP, slugging plus on base is OPS is 956. There are He's players. Won rookie, he won rookie. He was third in rookie of the year and fourth in MVP. <laughs> there are fucking players in the 90s. That are like literally beating their fucking head off the wall right now, going thirty nine home runs and and you know, and he just signed a three hundred sixty million dollar fucking deal. So his one hundred sixty two game average, yeah, right here, is forty four home runs, one hundred eleven RBIs, three hundred one average, with thirty one stolen bases. That's that's an average season for him as of right now. So he is a Juan Gonzalez infielder. As I mean, that's so, comparable to Gonzalez's stats back in the day. There's many ways. Gonzalez didn't play shortstop. Right, that's what I'm saying though. Gonzalez and he didn't steal bases outfielder. like he, he didn't steal bases like this kid. Well, and he's also going to so, give you on the average nine triples a year and 27 doubles and almost three, 200 hits. 360 mil. Look, when Juan Gonzalez was on steroids, he was unstoppable. <laughs> so I don't want to fucking hear that shit. That yeah. dude looked like he didn't take the co- he looked like he didn't, he didn't take the coat hanger out of his shirt when he put it on. He didn't. He his was, shit like, was just fuck this. wide in the back, right? No. Yeah. Uh, for for me, there's different ways. I tell you what, if this does not work out, this is crippling. But the Padres now, there's shortstop and a third baseman have 300 million dollar deals. With Manny Machado. That is committing a lot. And I'm on the opinion that I love Tatis Jr. I think that he has the potential to be a generational talent. And those numbers I just read to you, you have to believe are going to improve. Because he's 20. he hasn't even had a chance to play a full season yet. Right. You know, uh, and he's going to have Manny Machado hitting behind him for a long time. Okay, but let me fucking play devil's advocate. These pitchers haven't really got to see a lot of him. That's helping him right now. So a Clayton Kershaw, Trevor Bauer, you know, these great pitchers haven't got to see you. So when they get to see you, okay, let's let's see what this kid can do now. You know what I mean? Right. So as the pitchers become more familiar with him, is he still going to be able to keep that up? And like you said, th- that's that's a gamble. That's a risk. I think there's a lot of room for improvement. I think the potential's here. Well, I'm yep. holding up my hands wide, shoulder width. He's achieved maybe this so far. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of room for growth. As they adjust, he will learn to adjust. You also got to understand that he's a legacy in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Sr. was also a huge prospect. Played well um, a lot of years for the for the for the Cardinals. You know what I mean? It was a, a really really good four home runs in one game. 
I think he had two grand slams in the same inning. Just, uh, uh, he was a really, really good third baseman. So there, it's not like, to me, the kid has a solid foundation. And there's also the aspect of, I know we're just two dudes talking to microphones. The Padres spend time with him every single day. Yeah. They know this kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? They know what he's capable of. They know his character. They know his work ethic. You're not just going to hand $340 million to a kid if you have any kind of questions. No, so that, there's, but there's it's base, but it's baseball. Contracts. It's but it's baseball. You know, and it's, yeah. it's not like basketball where, you know, you know that, you know, Kevin Durant's going to go out there and give you 30. You right. have to hit the ball. It's different. So I, I agree. So to me, he can hit his averages. I look for his 300 average to drop down to around 280 when he does settle in. I think he has potential for 50 home run seasons. Okay. I think he has I think he has potential for big RBI numbers. But he has the benefit of Manny Machado hitting behind him for a long time. You're not just going to put dudes on base for Manny Machado. So, and, and again, a really good defensive player as well. Has a lot of flair. And there's also, if you're the Padres organization, there's the marketing aspect of it. Yeah. He is a hot name right now. And was last year, and he was a hot button issue, whether it be, you know, pimping home runs or hitting home runs or whatever it may be, whatever people were mad about last year, <laughs> it's a hot button topic. But the fact that a not a big market like San Diego, it's, it's going to keep him out of Los Angeles. It's going to keep him out of New York. It's going to keep him out of Boston. You know, and that's that, that's what I like to see about it. I honestly thought you were going to say pimping hoes. <laughs> you said pimping home runs. I was like, is this dude going to go in here? Is he taking the angle? But no, but that's, he, I mean, that's a big commitment, like you said, and that's crippling to that organization if he doesn't work out. So. Yeah. That's so, all, that's $340 million guaranteed dollars. Right. And I have tremendous business opportunities if he wants to get a hold of me to invest. <laughs> Just saying. He'll good, be good, on. Hey, good for him. Kids at 22 years old, never going to have to worry about money for the rest of his life. Well, if so he's smart with it. It's going to be really tough to burn through $340 million. You'd have to make an like effort. Million. Well, I mean, again. But I'm different about habits. A, I, different habits. <laughs> I'm also talking about a kid whose dad played Major League Baseball. He's close with his family. He has a solid support system. I think this thing will stay on the rails for him. I'm root, I'm rooting for the kid to be the player they paid him to be. He he's an exciting player. Like baseball, man. These young these younger kids that Acuna who, from who the should Braves. fire his who should fire his agent by the way. Why ain't he getting that deal? Right. Uh, the kid from the Reds. Who's that big? Big hits monster fucking home runs. Castellanos. Yeah, see, I mean, there's some young, young prospects, man, that... Eugenio Suarez as well. They have they have some bangers on that team. Yeah, like, I'm excited for baseball season. I'm not, like I said, I'm not like a huge baseball guy and all that shit. I love watching sports, so if it's on, I watch it. That's how I fucking know these players' names and shit like that. But, like, baseball's in good hands for a, a while to come. Because there's some... Vlad Jr., I mean... There's yeah. some fucking players, and I and exciting you, players. We're gonna have to get you in on some fancy baseball this year. They don't want to see me, though. They don't want to see me. <laughs> All right, you ready to talk some NBA? We'll get out of here. We, I think we should. We should talk a little bit about it. Couple topics. Uh, I'm looking right now. NBA.com. I'm looking at the standings right now. Okay. All right. Pretty impressed with what I'm seeing. You know, the the, the Sixers first place in the East. The team with the best record in the NBA is the Utah Jazz. They are 23 and 5. They've won eight in a row, nine and one their last 10. 13 and 2 at home, 10 and 3 on the road, 10 and 3 in the conference. That is a solid start to the season. Barry, are the Utah Jazz for real? Well, 
you know, again, everything's cool in the regular season. I, I've said it before. Are or are they for real or are they Milwaukee West? Because the Bucks always have this, you know, crazy good regular season and then shit the bed in the playoffs. And, you know, last year we've seen it. The uh, Utah had that crazy ass instant classic series with the Nuggets where Jamal Murray plays out of his mind. Donovan Mitchell's playing out of his mind. Donovan Mitchell is a huge, the kid could be a big, big star if he was in a different market. And they got Rudy Gobert, who is, you know, a one of probably, there's four or five legitimate big men centers left, and he's one of them. And he, you know, he can ball. He's a decent player. So, I mean, are they for real? We'll know in the playoffs. I'm not going to give them, I'm not just going to run out and give them some credit for some, you know, for some regular season shit. I mean, they're playing the Clippers right now. They're down 21-17. Early, though. So, mm-hmm. um, the regular season, they're fun, they're really good. <laughs> but in the playoffs, everybody starts out 0-0. And we'll see what they can do against much more experienced teams. And we'll see. And they got a, a young lineup. So, we'll see how they stack up. I, I think they're nice. I don't see them as contenders. I don't see them being better than the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets. There's three teams I just named, and maybe the Trailblazers. The, I, to me, it's they're just they've hit a hot streak in the season. You know, they played 29 games this year. They've won nine of their last ten. So I think they'll end up falling back. I mean, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, be a high seed. Donovan Mitchell is a finisher. Rudy Gobert is Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, I think, is a really nice player. I think Joe Inglis is also a really nice player. I think Quinn Snyder is also a good coach. They play effort on both ends of the court, which is huge. But to me, you know, the teams I just named, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Blazers, the Nuggets, shit, even the Warriors, if they see them in the playoffs, the Jazz aren't going to have the best player on the court. And to me, the NBA is about having the best player on the court with the best supporting cast around him. They have a bunch of really good players. They don't have like Donovan Mitchell's kind of on the cusp of being a great player. Yeah. But to me, they don't have that like they're not gonna out talent you. You know what I mean? They might so, out fundamental you. I, to me in the NFL, I think out talent beats out fundamentals most of the time. That's a possibility. It's a pick Tell- and roll league, you know what I mean? Tim Duncan would have something to say about that. Tim Duncan was great and skilled. That's different. Oh, <laughs> big fundamental, baby. Timmy. Shout All out right, Tim last Duncan. thing. Last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here. Okay. I've been wanting to talk about this, and we just haven't gotten to it. LaMelo Ball. Okay. Is the hot young sensation right now. He's the guy that all the young kids are liking. He's the guy that ESPN's featuring. Bleacher Report. He gets basically if you put him on your in your tweet in your YouTube video, you're gonna get attention, you're gonna get likes, you're gonna get views, whatever. I think that Lavar saved his best for last. This kid is good, 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 good. Youngest player in NBA history to get a triple double. LeBron came straight out of high school. You know what I mean? He was getting and LeBron was impactful right out the gate so to me he's a he's a player that potentially you can build your team around i think that right now he has a good young team he has uh, with veteran veteran gordon hayward and biz back beyond and cody zeller are good veterans to have in the locker room to keep him in check i think that he's young so i don't want to speak too much on his leadership right now you know or his character because he's a fucking kid i mean he's a baby out there but he is when you watch him you're like whoa he's different his his vision on the court his scoring ability his rebounding is next he might he might be the best rebounding guard in the league already so to me like he is a great great player i think the timberwolves fucked up by not taking him first they took anthony edwards instead 
I wanted the Cavs to get him so bad, even though I didn't – him being LaMelo. You know, I thought there was no chance in hell he'd ever stay in fucking Cleveland. But, yeah, I love the kid a lot. A lot. In fact, I rode his ass to a fantasy to a FanDuel championship last week, too. That's all right. Yeah, he, I think, you know, LeVar averaging his .6 a game in the summer league, mm-hmm. he, he fucked up. He knew he fucked up. He put all that pressure on Lonzo in L.A. That certainly fucked with Lonzo a lot. I mean, you're carrying a lot of baggage, and motherfuckers put bullseyes on you. And that was unnecessary. And I think the best thing for Lonzo was getting the fuck out of there, going to a team where he can just play his role. Now, LaMelo comes in. LeVar ain't really said shit. You haven't really heard LeVar's name. Nothing. And LaMelo is like, oh, let me ball the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I think Lonzo could have had the same chances if LeVar shut the fuck up, but trial and error. <laughs> so now LaMelo's out here balling, triple doubles. He's got a couple this year. I mean, he is fucking playing ball. Like you said, the team that team is extremely young. I think Hayward and uh, Zeller are thirty. That's their two, and Biombo's twenty-eight, and everybody else is like twenty-five and under. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they are they're in fucking. They're going to be a problem for a long time. So uh, yeah, Charlotte. Okay, I see you. I'm on the. Yeah. I'm on the lookout for the Hornets here in the next, I'd say, two or three years. They're going to be a at, fucking problem. They're sitting at the eight seed right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I like them a lot, man, like you said. So it's all good things. All right, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Yeah. Today is goat day. Jim Brown's birthday. No, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, 58. The man's 58. <laughs> Give what do you want me to say that? Happy birthday, MJ. No, I want you to say, I'm going to put you on the spot. Top five Jordan memories. Uh, when he was golfing at a program and had his mistress in the background behind him. Five. Fucking filth. Four. Republicans wear sneakers, too. Three. Getting banned from the NBA by David Stern for gambling. Number two. Purely speculation. (laughs) No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I actually am an MJ fan. I really am. Uh, Number five, hard for me. One of my first memories, uh, the shot over Elo. That's right. Crazy. Uh, Four, a little personal for me, buying my first pair of Jordans. Uh, Bought Jordan fives when I was in fifth grade with my birthday money. That would have been April of 1991. Yeah. April of 1991, I bought Jordan 5s. They're worth like a G now. I'll do. Yeah. So I'm a shoe head, so his shoes to me are iconic. Uh, Three, flu game, pizza game, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Two, dunking on Patrick Ewing and yelling at him on the way down. Those next series were absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. And the number one Jordan memory for me that I'm going to take with me is, uh, this is obviously this is more recent, but him drinking whiskey and smoking cigars and spilling all the tea on the last dance was one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. That was must, must, must watch television. Ten episodes of Pure Greatness. That was you know, Barry, you know, they said Dan Marley was better than me, which I don't remember anybody ever saying ever in the history of time. <laughs> they said Dan Marley was better than me. So, you know, I decided to bust his ass and give him 60. Hey, like, Thunder <laughs> Dan. Thunder Dan had to learn. Dan he Marley's to... like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> That's a, like Craig Elo. How many, how many fucking moments has Craig Elo been the victim of? Man, Jordan did it to him twice. And then he told the story on, I think, Dan Patrick, where Larry Bird, 
He fucking he he Larry Bird had a horrible first half and he fucking bumped him on the way to the locker room. And he's like, yeah, he's like, talk shit to Larry Bird. And Bird said, there's two halves. And he goes, he came out and Bird hit 10 straight on him and said, is your mom watching? Because <laughs> I'm about to fucking abuse you. But uh, Jordan's, you know, that's that's the dog. That's the the all timer. So if you if you're our age, you know, me and Barry's age, which I'm 40, he's 38. We grew up on Michael Jordan. We grew up being taught as we played sports that you compete like Michael Jordan, that you do whatever it takes to win. And your competitiveness is the one thing you control. Because that leads to your effort and your skill and your work ethic and many, many other things. Yet, I mean, we grew up. Gatorade, the commercials, McDonald's, the Dream Team. I mean, we watched all that. Me and Barry experienced all that. So it's but yeah, it's TNT. He's our H- he's he's our Babe Ruth. Yeah, like TNT that they would not be on if Jordan wasn't playing one of the two games, the doubleheader. And that's the thing is a lot of the kids nowadays. Yeah, you get to see some of the highlights and shit on YouTube, but it was must-watch TV. You fucking went home and were like, "The Bulls are playing." Yeah, and- it was great. It was it was great because we had uh, we had cable growing up. Or I had satellite. You had cable. I'm sure. I don't know if you had cable or not. I'm pretty sure you probably I had, did. I had cable. But we, you know, we had getting money. Getting getting those <laughs> Bulls games on WGN. Yeah, was amazing. That was a godsend. So you got pretty much most of the Bulls games, but. My favorite memory for me, outside, I, mean, I guess I should have said this earlier, was growing up, I had a uh, really nice, like, I don't want to say Nerf hoop, but it was a, it was a fiberglass backboard with a, with a breakaway rim with a ball I could bounce. Yeah. So I had a 13-inch TV, which, by the way, was a uh, giveaway from Miller Genuine Draft, and Dennis Brown had to make a sacrifice he had down a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Big Dennis. He had down a lot of MTDs to get those proof yeah. of purchases so I could get that rim. I had to pay shipping and handling, but he paid the price for the beers. But watching those games and playing in my room as I was watching, I'm sure you did the same thing. Yeah. We, every, kids our age, we had, we, that's what we did, dude. We didn't have internet. We, we had video games, and they weren't like near what they are now. We watched the Bulls, we watched NBA on Sundays when the NFL was over. We watched NFL, and they had the Bulls every Sunday. And whether they be playing the Pistons, the Lakers, whoever it might be. And we would, I would hoop while I watched this game the entire time. Yeah. And I mean, I, 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 when, you, when I was that age, dude, when I was 13, 14 years old and I watched the Bulls game, I had to go to the park after and play. Yeah, and – the culture changing shit that they did the entrance when the lights went out mm-hmm. and, and, and the bulls and now like that to me like i can fucking hear that in my head all the time and now other people do it and shit but it's not the same and like and and he always was last six six starting guard from north carolina and you know the fucking place lost their minds like just so many trend-setting fucking memories. And then now that we're older and you hear the shit he was actually doing, like he's partying and fucking playing cards till five in the morning and, and golfing 18 holes and then going fucking playing, putting up 50. Like, what the fuck? I've always said that, like, if for some reason he didn't make, make it to the NBA or didn't make it to the scene, he would be like clinically diagnosed with some kind of like disorder, disorder because of his competitiveness, because it's otherworldly from all the stories you hear. I mean, to the point to where it's almost annoying to be around. Yeah, everything like, is a competition. If he if he lost, uh, like oh, you have imagine, to keep playing. You have to keep yeah, playing. you got to keep playing. Will yeah. Smith said he wants to like eat faster than you, <laughs> like like crazy shit, but. That's him and Tiger Woods. I think they said those are like the two most competitive people I think Will Smith says he's ever been around. But that's why they reached 
the pinnacle of fucking sports. That's their legendary, iconic figures in sports. All right, that's all I got this evening, Barry. Take us home, brother. All right, well, after Eric finally settled in and admitted that Mike is the GOAT, I will end the show. You can follow, you can follow me on Twitter, at BFrost20. He is shaking his head fucking furiously. But I, I'm not, I don't want to be bad into a conversation because I'm done. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but you can follow me on Twitter, at BFrost28. Eric, drop the credentials, sir. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740, but always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. Go to our website, doingthefavor.com, for links to previous podcasts, merch, articles, buy, sell, trade for figures and memorabilia, whatever it may be. So check that out as well. And rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thank you guys all so much. We love doing this and we appreciate the support. Absolutely. And with that, good night. See you guys. It goes one, two, three into the foe. Erica Barrier up with DTF and that's for show. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Barry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude Eric holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got the ears to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind Just a few more days until we're back live Shit, we'll be your lifeline I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor Let it marinate in something to savor We ball so hard, this is a layoff Until the next time, doing the favor Yeah, doing the favor Doing the favor. Uh, doing the favor. Until next time, doing the favor.